We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Morris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Morris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Morris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. What's up, everybody? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind podcast, a weekly basis where we break down for all of you guys the craziest and the and the funnest esports and gaming news. Hello, Zan. Hello, hello, Jake. You know, I'm so glad to be here once again just to share some fun stories with you. you I'm know. glad to be here with you and yeah. all of you guys watching, too. It's, uh, as per usual, been a busy, busy mm-hmm. week. It seems the news never stops. You want to hit him with uh, anything else you got, and then we'll get rolling on these crazy stories? Yeah, I'll hit everybody with a couple reminders and one request. Uh, you know, so as always, we get a lot of questions about if the podcast is on Spotify or iTunes. Remember, guys, we're as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Look that up. We're right there uh, every single week, every Tuesday. Uh, aside from that, uh, we, are, we also have a, po- a P.O. box, guys. Oh, yes, so, we do. Um, yeah. For all of you crazy people out there, we do have a P.O. box in the About section of the mm. channel. If you guys want to send us stuff, we'll be doing our first unboxing probably pretty pretty shortly yeah, here. Yeah, we've already got a, a couple really cool packages we can't wait to show you guys um my one request actually was going to be about the p.o box jake i feel like we need a jingle we need a jingle to remind people where where they can send stuff to dude that's an like that's a really hard address to jingle <laughs> we'll, we'll think of something yeah, yeah uh but for all of you guys who do send stuff we greatly appreciate it uh besides that though you ready to roll for this week's yeah, yeah, podcast let's, let's get into it 
And the first thing this week I want to talk to you about, Zan, is mm. going to be possibly the biggest esports contract we've actually seen to date, and it's not even with an esports pro. Mm. Uh, that's going to be the one, <laughs> the only, the, uh, the beautiful man himself, David Beckham. D-Bex. Yeah. Shout D- out. <laughs> Mr. D-Bex. Yeah, we found out this past week some pretty crazy news in case you guys don't follow all the investment news. Mm. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys have actually not heard about Guild Esports and what their future might be. Currently, what the rosters they do hold in esports, one FIFA player. And one Rocket League roster composed of three players as well. So a very, very light crew and staff in esports right now. They went public with an IPO this past week, raising right around $26 million. But the most important part of the story is we actually found out that around $20 million of that $26 million raised, at least for the next five years, have been committed to being paid to David Beckham for what they call being the face of the esports organization. Which, I mean, makes a lot of sense, but it's such a weird way to go about, like, essentially hiring an influencer to promote your brand. It makes a lot of sense, but it's so crazy because we have not really seen something quite like this yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, normally a brand will come out and they'll say, hey, this is our brand ambassador. This is the guy we have out there representing us. But Guild kind of tried to sneak this under the radar. They acted like, Yeah, they acted like David Beckham really believed in Guild, and who knows, he might. That's very possible. But they were like, oh, yeah, Beckham's invested. He just, you know, he has a lot of faith. Then you find out he invested like a little bit around the range of like 300 150,000. Yep. Right and he's there. getting paid 20 million. So it's like he's not really investing anything. At but the also, the vice versa, like, you, you know. can argue with the IPO, his face being attached obviously yeah. brought in a lot of investors. Of course, which is why it makes sense. Which is why it does make sense now, why it maybe would not make sense because what if Guild does not last that five years? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of people out there commenting, oh, David helped them raise 26 million. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he just keep on doing that? Well, this first round of funding, yeah, you can maybe use a guy like David, uh-huh. but you know, his requirements have also been posted something like 12 social media posts a couple videos maybe a tv or video appearance as well you got to start wondering after how many rounds of funding do people realize okay david's a pretty face Mm -hmm. but there's got to be something substantial there to actually show return which they have not provided with yet yeah absolutely i think the thing that we've been talking about in uh in our chat is we don't know anything about guild esports vision for the future we don't know what they want to do going forward like sure they have a rocket league roster but you know realistically speaking rocket league is far from a tier one esport you can't i wouldn't say far you're gonna piss people off with that one okay well like you know you know you you get what i'm saying when i say it's not enough that's for sure it's certainly one of the faster growing esports i just want to correct you so we don't get like freaking it's just it's not i love rocket league so do i i i think shout out supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars but yeah it's not it's not not, not, league of legends it's not league of legends it's not csgo it's not even like a a dota whatever Mm. Uh, you know when you think about your premiere top end if you want to be represented in esports, you don't go Rocket League first. Now, mm-hmm. with David being tied, though, it makes sense. Rocket League, the kind of football soccer crossover, that's yeah, what a lot sure. of these soccer stars or football stars have actually gotten into first because it also is likely cheaper. But yes, will this be enough? Yeah, you can't run an org just off of Rocket League and FIFA at this stage. Yes, that's a, that's yeah. probably a better way to put it. But uh, it's certainly, it's just crazy to see that kind of number put out there because mm-hmm. we have a lot of influencers out there but they're not being paid a guaranteed $4 million per year to be the face of organizations. To be fair, they aren't D-Bex. Be- they are yeah. also not D-Bex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we will see what this organization can do. And the overall question, you know, with Guild Esports guaranteeing $20 million to David Beckham, will Guild Esports even last the five full years in esports?
Okay, Jake, uh, we'd really be letting the people down if we didn't at least discuss this briefly on this week's episode of the podcast. One of the biggest pieces of news to hit the esports industry, that is the end of an era as Blizzard announces that StarCraft II development is winding down. Rest in peace. Yeah, right? Man. That is that's a, That game came out in 2010 and really defined a lot of the esports industry for a lot of people out there. And gosh dang, does that make me feel old? Uh, I was going like, to say, yeah. a lot of people watching probably won't even know that the era that StarCraft uh -huh. did create and the movement it did kind of, you know, of course, lead to a lot of other things happening in esports. So I'll mm. tell you very briefly before you get your thing going. Yeah, the go first day I walked into college, a college mm. dorm, uh, it, it was crazy. One of my one of my uh, dorm mates on the same floor as me was playing StarCraft. I sat down. I was like, what are you playing? That <laughs> looks insane. It was StarCraft 2. And now to hear that they are now done pushing out development updates, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy and mm. it makes you wonder you know what's next for the starcraft uh franchise yeah absolutely and it's kind of what i wanted to focus on here because i think this is like a positive announcement in a lot of ways the game has received support for 10 years how many esports do you know have been that successful for so long probably about two yeah maybe probably, three yeah yeah well yeah. tops yep yeah, yeah, a handful, a handful. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very few, let's say, you know? And uh, I think a lot the way this was covered by a lot of people was a little disingenuous. Blizzard isn't fully stopping support for StarCraft II. Uh, they're mostly focusing on just saying, oh, we're not going to do any more monetization, no more microtransactions being introduced. They're still going to have, like, balance patches here or there. The eSports theme is still going to be alive and well. The They have a contract with ESL that's supposed to last another two years, I believe. So we have at least two years of support for the esports scene. And surprisingly, or surprising to me at least, because I haven't been super attuned to StarCraft over the past couple years, but the game is doing so, so well right now. I don't know if you've seen any player-based numbers. I haven't, actually, but I always yeah. consider it to be kind of an, a more so Asian esports, so mm. more so East, Eastern culture esport yeah. that does pretty well mm. and certainly has lost touch in, in the Western side of everything. Yeah, definitely to a lot of, by a lot of metrics, it's way more popular in Eastern countries. But uh, on a global level, they have easily millions of players per month. Which still. I would not have probably guessed, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, neither would I. I. When I looked this up, I was like, oh, I figured they probably have like, you know, good couple hundred thousand easily. But yeah, yeah millions. Like, wow. I was like, well, okay. Y'all doing real work over there, for sure. But um, yeah, I think this this is could be a really positive thing, because I think Blizzard realizes that StarCraft still has a lot of potential, still has a lot of juice as a brand. And I think this could be the first step to us getting the next StarCraft title to really define the esports landscape going forward. Yeah, and it kind of just uh, for me, it's I, I it's tough to ever for me to battle for a resurgence uh, mm -hmm. of an esport. Again, it's still doing very well as a game, right. but as an esport, you know, we've seen it just time and time again. I think most recently, we're we're still kind of debating Halo. Can Halo really bounce back? Mm -hmm. Can we see these titles fall off and then and then make a comeback? It does make me also think uh, about the the, the uh, additional titles out there, right? Mm -hmm. Overwatch 2 has been announced within a few or four years of the original launch. Yep. StarCraft has made it a decade. Yeah. Uh, StarCraft 2, I should say. So, I don't know. It, it certainly feels like it's about time, mm -hmm. and I'm excited to see what their future might be. Can I say it's going to be, this is it? I don't know. Bouncing back from that kind of, uh, I don't know. It, we'll see where it goes is all I can really say. Yeah, I'm hoping, and I kind of think part of the reason the game has fallen off in the West is because it's a it's an RTS, a real-time strategy game, and those aren't nearly as popular now as they used to be. Yeah. And I think the direction we might see Blizzard take this in is kind of like a mixture of Overwatch and StarCraft. Like something like a, that project that got canceled years back, StarCraft Ghost, where it was like a shooter with that was supposed to have like some tactical elements and interwoven within it. I think that could be pretty cool. 
in the modern day and age. So. Yeah. Either way, StarCraft Two, end of an era. It will continue for esports. R.I.P. What is next, though, <laughs> huh? For the StarCraft yeah, franchise, right. <laughs> we will find out. All right, guys, before our next topic, a quick few words about our sponsors. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike any other site, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it very fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now and use Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And guys and gals, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.au. AG, that's Blue Wire, all one word, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And a really fun story out there mm. in the streaming world, Zan, as the wars do continue between Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. Rest in peace to the one and only Mixer now out of the waging war. Oh, good night, sweet prince. <laughs> My long lost love, Mixer. Uh, but either way, we're talking about female streaming talent out there, and mm. especially with that war waging. We've seen gigantic growth for all of these platforms during the pandemic. Facebook still staying consistent in their market share. Surprise, surprise. Mm. YouTube staying around the same place. And Twitch, as we talked about last week, still is Ever dominant when it comes to watch time, right around 91%. Insanely dominant. But I will say this we actually mm. talked about this past uh, month or two, Pokimane taking her break. And as she did take her break, we've seen a brand new entrance of a number one female mm. streamer, that being the one, the only. Valkyrie. 100 Thieves yeah. content oh. creator. I, I, I say that ironically <laughs> so because 100 um. Thieves very much under fire for the esports mm. side of things. For the streaming side of things, it's actually two members, Courage and Valkyrie, exploding mm. over the past two months with the rise of Among Us. A focus on Valkyrie, though, because she has now taken the place this past quarter as the number one female streamer across all platforms. I do think it's very important to highlight the fact that, you know, although Among Us has contributed enormously to yep. Valkyrie's growth, uh, it's important to note that it only happened because she positioned herself well to take advantage of a game like this really exploding her viewer base. And I know? don't think people will give credit for that. Right. I think a lot of people out there will say, oh, it's just because of Among Us. Yeah. I mean, she every female streamer had access to that game, mm. and she is the one that grew the most with it, alongside a lot of other male creators out there. Yeah, but yeah. if we're talking strictly female, I mean, she just dominated all of these collaborations Absolutely. just time and time again. It almost, it's almost like her. this is the game for her. right? It's like yeah. a Fortnite for Ninja. This mm. was the game for her. You've seen her true, her true inner demon come out. <laughs> As to, you know, the way she plays the game. Uh -huh. But it's been fantastic to see because, yes, it's a friendly rivalry between her and Pokimane, right? They're obviously friends. 
But it's super cool to see we have a YouTube streamer of the female demographic now being the number one across all platforms. And she has taken this game. And like you said, she has adapted and really excelled with it. She's now one of the fastest growing creators on the YouTube platform. And it's proving that even though percentage-wise, watch time-wise, Twitch and YouTube are so far off, Mm. it's very cool to see YouTube striking back at least a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think this says a lot of good things for YouTube because, you know, I don't think they're really going to be able to topple Twitch as the number one streaming platform because at the end of the day, that's not the focus of YouTube. That's not what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube is always Mm -hmm. going to be a VOD platform first. But, you know, it's nice to see competition. It's nice to see both, uh, you know, both industry members, you know, succeed in some level. Yeah. Mm. And it's also really cool to see on the vice versa. I know that a lot of people can criticize Hunter Thieves Esports. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't didn't really want to focus too much on Courage, but he himself also doing very well on the YouTube platform. Right. You know, we have two of the lead content creators and streamers on the YouTube platform, both from 100 Thieves, and they're doing a great job utilizing the games uh, that are now growing alongside with them. So let's see what the future of the female content creators are, and the future number one female streamer, how long can Valkyrie hold on to her title over her friend Pokimane? All right, Jake, so this is going to be a fairly brief one. Uh, We just got some new information just a couple minutes before we hopped in to record the podcast. Riot released their official rule set for Valorant Competitive Esports. Yes, and this is funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's not too much there, but there's certainly maybe one or two points that you might be touching on. Yeah, yeah, and you know, if I don't, then by all means, I'm counting on you to, you know, follow up. I'm here. I would jump for you, but tell me what you found. Yeah, a a couple interesting things uh, here. Uh, They're adapting some of the import rules that we see in the LCS and the LEC, which I'm very glad of because we need a, a little bit more. In yeah, this department, that's definitely going to be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out mm. from the very, very start, how these rosters are built now. Yeah, the precise rule, let me read it off for you guys so we are 100% accurate. Uh, teams must have at least three players in the starting roster from the team's home region, and at least four of the team participating in events overall must be from that region, which, hey, uh, right now it looks like rosters are going to be five players in the starting lineup and three substitutes. So, hey, I'm glad to see a good portion of that will have to be from the home region. Yeah, uh, for sure. That makes a lot mm. of sense. We've seen that with other esports out there do the same exact thing. Exactly. Majority of the roster from your home region, pretty mm. straightforward. And it, for now, makes sense. I don't really see too many complaints about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've seen what happens when you don't have a rule like this. It just causes a lot of really weird issues. People are big on their flags, man. Yeah. Because, you know, between an organization being North American or Mm. European or an Asian org, and then, of course, what the roster is, people Mm. are, it's just, a lot of people get confused very easily, so it's good good to clarify. (laughs) Myself included. I'm not the brightest. To be fair, it's hard to track if you have, like, you know, yeah. Uh, Aside from that, they're going to have a very traditional roster locking system. You know, Riot will announce a roster lock period within which teams will not be allowed to make any trades, transfers, signings. Etc. And then outside of that, it's fair game. Uh, we don't know exactly how long those periods will be yet. Riot's going to announce that on a year-to-year basis. Uh, aside from that, the very interesting part I wanted to touch on was the demerit system. Oh, I, th- I was going to talk about the team speak in Discord, but you go first. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, then we'll hit on that. I didn't hear about demerits. I had that in grade school. <laughs> They're called demerits, or uh-huh. middle school, and they would punch your card if you... Yeah, yeah, if Do you, you misbehave, I think elementary school for me. If you misbehave, yeah, yeah you get a demerit. I did only uh-huh. just, wow, I just forgot about that until yeah, now. Yeah, you but have, not, have enough demerits, you know, it gets into, like, uh, yeah, jail. detention. Yeah, <laughs> child jail. <laughs> yeah, high school jail, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah, this demerit system was like super interesting to me because I don't know if I've seen this in other esports. It might have just gone over my head though. Um, but anyway, so this is this has to do with uh, tournament infractions, stuff like uh, match fixing, gambling, you know, all the bad no nos that we see in esports. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so if you're found breaking the rules, you can basically be assigned a demerit, and I'm saying one demerit because uh, this is where it starts, right? If you get a demerit, that demerit equates to one percent of your total prize money being subtracted from your uh, eventual payout. Okay. Yeah, and then that one percent of the prize money doesn't just you know disappear into the ether. It actually goes into the wider prize pool to be given to other teams. And so, if it's a minor infraction, maybe you just get one demerit. But say you do something real bad, you can get a bunch of demerits at once. So you can still keep the team in the event, but hey, what happens if all of a sudden you're caught match fixing and then fifty percent of your prize pool gone is it, to the other teams? Is it one? Is like is it one percent for each demerit that a, a player on a team has, or is that the entire? Team I think, think it's demerits given to the team. Overall, so let's say yeah. I'm playing with a five man team and one of my dudes has a demerit. Mm. Is one percent of the entire team's prize pool taken because of that? I believe so. Or in individuals. This case, I think I think it's a team overall. Okay. So if yeah. you're if you're playing with naughty guys mm-hmm. or gals, you get punished for naughty people. Yeah, behavior. it seems like. And it, this isn't like, you know, the end all be all. They do they will have the standard, like, you know, if you really mess up, you you have to forfeit the game, might get kicked out of the event, might get banned, etc. It seems like this demerit system is meant to be like kind of like a middle ground, like right before you would actually get booted. Interesting. Yeah, just like an interesting like way to punish them and also maybe incentivize other teams to be more aware and reporting of like, oh, hey, we noticed something kind of sus going on. Yeah, but I mean, I guess to to fight back with that, if you're match fixing, Mm. you're not going to get a demerit. You're going to get banned. Yeah, yeah. Was that an extreme example? Uh, We don't know exactly which like infractions result in demerits. They were kind of vague on that. It's it seems to be up to the TO's discretion. But, you know, the demerit system is definitely kind of interesting. Okay, so yeah, we're yeah. back in school. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. I'll, I'll bounce off this to end it. I actually saw you cannot actually use TeamSpeak or Discord. You have to use mm-hmm. whatever native the TO does to actually choose for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to record. They, I believe they want to record all audio sessions, which is very interesting to me. It makes so, all the sense in the world. So if you, you want to keep your players really in line. I don't know if they mm-hmm. had heard something mm-hmm. about some stuff going around. You know, players just, you know, obviously toxicity has always been an issue when it comes mm-hmm. to any esport. But Riot Games, esports, you know, League of Legends and now Valorant have dealt with toxicity. Yeah. Is that a way to combat it so you're not, like, trash-talking too heavy? I don't know. I don't know if it's meant for, like, trash talk specifically. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, maybe this is a way to really monitor people to make sure they're not, like, trying to sneak something under the under the radar cheating-wise. Maybe. Or, like, coordinate info in any weird way. Like, I would think this would be an easy way to avoid any match-fixing between teams because if you know, okay, they can only use these things to communicate while they're at the event and they all the communications are monitored yeah. and you know no way for people to really either way the slide. rules the rules are here and, and uh-huh. players are now back in session so <laughs> we'll see how the demerit system works out how this uh, these audio issues work out as well overall pretty average rule set nothing yeah, yeah. too special yet mm-hmm. but hey riot games slowly stepping more and more into it yeah valorant esports is coming guys yeah so. watch out <laughs> And certainly something we'll keep on talking about in the future as the future of Counter-Strike is up in the air. That's going to be Cloud9 already making waves with a guy like Henry G revealing salaries. Mm. I still cannot wait to see if other organizations do the same. Please, for the love of Pete, we need more content. I love me some free videos. Yeah, the content's great, but I do think it's it's so nice for the health of the industry and the scene it just to be. like have the info out there. You really, never know. It seems like it is. I mean, it seems like Cloud9 players are going to be hecka happy because oh, at definitely. least a few of them are making gigantic money. In case you guys missed 
missed it this past week. Cloud9 have now finalized their CSGO roster. To make it clear, they have committed around $6 million over three years. There's no telling how much that will actually be paid out, depending upon how much these players do serve underneath the roster. If they survive the full three years with these five guys is unlikely. I mean, that's a long time for any roster in any eSport, mm. but Cloud9 has put up the money in buyouts or transfer fees and salaries of around $6 million just to join Counter-Strike yet again with a different roster and try and compete with the best of the best. I mean, is this sustainable is the giant question. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great question to ask. It's hard to answer at this stage. We'll have to see how the roster does perform at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But I do think it's crucial to like you know give Cloud9 some props for yeah. this level of commitment to I the mean, scene. Golly, yeah, that's a fat stack. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to enter a scene again, there, this is a good way to go, go about it. I ask you this, though, because mm. if you're going to enter yet again with a brand new five-man roster, a six-man is also mm. expected. Yeah. You know, what happens, though, three years down the line, if we all now know publicly, mm. what if it doesn't work out? Is, is Cloud9 set to return again with you know even more money? Or are they going to set back or, to save money? That's I instantly think from three years from now what this could have repercussions-wise mm. for an org like Cloud9, because it's an organization who in the past has complained about losing a million dollars a year in Counter-Strike and then come back with this heavy-handed, financially tied roster. And, and so what happens if this project does not succeed? Is there another chance for cloud nine or is this it that's what concerns me because we've seen 100 thieves they dip mm-hmm. and they dip after around a year with this new roster that they also paid a lot of money to buy what happens with cloud nine if this fails that's an excellent question too and i think part of this is going to come down to henry jean cloud nine's approach to csgo so far um, i think what, from what we've seen just the level of transparency on deck i think they'll have very open conversations with the community as well as within the company internally to mm-hmm. really figure out where the value in csgo is for c9 yeah so i think at the end of the day they're giving it their best shot for the next couple years and sure if it if they really really bomb then i'm sure cloud nine as a business will you know they'll say hey we gave it a second chance it didn't work out maybe csgo just isn't the move for us but i think oh, that's just so concerning even, yeah it's even, hard to predict at this stage i know we're know? so early on yeah. but that's inst- instinctively where my mind goes because over the past uh three four four-ish years we've seen a lot of well-known formerly north american roster holding organizations mm. either leave North America or leave Counter-Strike. We're talking Misfits, TSM, yep. NRG, 100T. If this does not work out for, I guess, technically Optic, who kind of just are kind of here, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. They're not in CSGO Weird any situation. longer yeah. either. And now what happens if, if another big organization pulls out? That's where it starts to get concerning. Obviously, we're not there yet. Cloud9 certainly deserves props for their reinvesting into Counter-Strike, and we will find out if CSGO does hold that kind of value for an organization. As per usual, we hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. You guys are beautiful. You know that. Hope you're sipping water and some coffee, staying hydrated. Thank you all for for listening, as per usual, every single week here for the Esports Rewind. And as per usual, every single week, Mm. Zane... Would you like to show these guests home and on out of here? Yo, gladly. You know, if everybody would be join me in opening up Google Maps and coordinating their exit from the podcast, uh, we can direct oh. you in a couple different directions here. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, we can go one way, uh, Spotify and iTunes. 
<laughs> if you like to listen, if to you the look podcast, out on your go. right, you'll see yeah. Spotify and iTunes. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for follow up on that. Yeah, uh, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network right here on the desk. Uh, that's How do you P-R- spell that? P R E E D I C T I O N. Uh, thank you to all of our audio listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate y'all joining us for our Esports Rewind podcast. You can also find our daily esports news content at YouTube to stay up to date on everything going on in esports. You can also check out our website esportstalk.com for even more esports news. Anytime you want to reach out, share a story, send a kind word, you, we, you know, messages are always welcome on Twitter at talk underscore esports as well as Instagram at esports underscore talk. We read each and every message. We greatly appreciate all the kind words we've gotten. All the stories you guys have shared means the world to us. Don't forget about the PO box. Uh, by all means, yeah. send us some. Uh, send us some crap. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I want to start getting more personal at the end of the podcast because, like, uh-huh. if you if you're still here right now listening, you 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 a diehard, and, and I frick with diehards. What am I even saying? You want to show them out of here? <laughs> yeah. So by all means, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, you know, so catch us next time, next week, same time, each and every week. Heck uh, yeah! Thank you all for listening to the Esports Rewind podcast. This is my mm. co-host Zan. I'm Jake. We'll see you guys back here next time. Take care. Smooches. Yar. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger, for the ones who get it done.